Hello, and welcome to the BFS Financial Success Podcast. My name is Kristen Kolka. I'm here with Teresa Kuhn, and we are here to bring you a podcast about uh, financial strategies that you can implement in your businesses and in your personal life. Today, our topic is home mortgages. Does it ever make sense to pay down your mortgage and the myth of home ownership? So, Teresa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Kristen. It's a pleasure to be here with the BFS community. And as you know, one of the most frequent questions we get asked in our financial services practice is, should I pay off my mortgage or should I accelerate the payments of my mortgage? And sometimes we even get asked, should we buy a home, right? Does it make sense to own a home? Uh, Real estate prices are really high. You know, we're concerned about 2008 again. So want to address those issues today. So we're going to talk about home ownership and the myths around it. And then talk about the acceleration of payments of home ownership, and is there a better way of doing that? So you ready, Kristen? I'm ready. Okay, perfect. So what are some of the myths around home ownership? One is that owning a home is always better than renting. So this is a myth that's, you know, out there for a long time. And for most Americans, if you ask them, you know, what, what a home represents to them, the first thing that comes to mind is asset. Their home is an asset. Nothing can be further from the truth. Sorry to break it to you. But when you think about the expenses around a home, it is not an asset. It's actually a liability. Now, you're probably thinking, no, 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 wait, 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 you know, my home has increased in value, right? It's I've got equity. If I look at my personal balance sheet, I've got the equity on the side of assets and I've got my mortgage on the side of liabilities and I've got more equity than I do um, that I own on the mortgage. Well, that might be true, but if you look at an asset defined as something that's making you money, an investment that's making you money, even though you might have expenses around that that investment. A home, really, when you talk about uh, it's not generating any income for you, it's actually an expense that you've got to pay every single month. Most people spend money on their home. They spend money decorating on their home. They spend money maintaining their home. If you were to add up all the expenses around the home, roof, uh, heating and air system, plumbing, electrical, carpets that need to be replaced, curtains that need to be replaced, stuff that goes bad, landscaping, etc. You'll probably find that it's a pretty big expense. And if you were to add it all up, at the end of the day, I think you'll find that you spent more money on that asset than really is an equity. So Kristen, what's another myth that you know about in terms of homeownership that we can address? Well, um, another myth about home ownership is that it's always going to increase in value. Um, and as such, it can be used as an asset in retirement. That's a good one. 
And those that were around in 2005 to about 2012, 13, and maybe even today, there are parts of the country today that home prices have not gone up. And if they've gone up, they haven't gone up as much as they thought it would. So people who bought long before the recession, right? Property values dropped pretty significantly. And over time, maybe they've caught up to what they've paid. Um, and in different markets, like the market I'm in, Austin, that's certainly a different story. Texas real estate has experienced an amazing growth, but that's because a lot of people want to live in Texas. But a lot of other parts of the country, that is not necessarily so. So would have renting made more sense for someone, right? Some people say, no way. Other people say, I would have been way ahead renting if I had not bought my home. But there are myths around renting too, right? So what are what are one of the myths around renting? A myth around renting, um, of course, you're not building equity in that place that you're renting. It's owned by someone else. Rents can increase. It costs money to move. Yes. And one that I hear often is, well, I don't have to pay property taxes and homeowners insurance, right? If I'm renting. Well, you'll have renter's insurance, but property taxes, you know, sometimes unless you're in a really competitive renter's market, the landlord is going to raise their rent based on their taxes going up. And if someone were young and starting out in their career, maybe, I don't know, 20s, 30s, if you buy a home and don't convert it into an, an investment in the future, it really becomes an anchor. It limits your freedom. It limits where you can go if you want to chase your career. So that's another myth I think that's out there that owning a home gives you a lot of freedom to do whatever you want. Actually, it becomes more of an anchor. From a budget perspective, Kristen, I know you know this answer. What does home ownership do to someone's budget unless they've got a lot of money left over at the end of the month what does it do to a budget well if there is an emergency that comes up it can destroy your budget if you don't have emergency funds saved or set aside yes there are expenses that come up and if it's not in your budget and you don't have proper reserves that's it it's ruined your budget and so what do people do they go to debt they'll have to go to their credit card debt. And if they do have some equity, they'll get an equity line of credit, which puts them on the same, you know, that that's a similar issue, right? At least it's a better debt than a credit card, but they're eating up their equity with a loan to maintain their house. So unless you've got a lot of reserves, you know, we recommend that you rent, keep your expenses at a certain level below your income, when you get a raise, that difference, that gap goes to savings and other types of investments. And only when you're really, really liquid and you have a lot of money and you're settled in an area, should you consider buying a home. And for many couples, especially when the wife gets pregnant, this is not a sexist thing. It's just reality. Women like to nest. And especially when they're pregnant or, ha- or they have children, it's really, really important for them to have, you know, a, a home base. And so we can put numbers to the whole o- home ownership um, conversation. 
But many, many times it comes down to the emotional security that someone feels when they own their home. And at the end of the day, we make very emotional decisions, buying decisions, including investing. And we justify it with numbers, right? But the numbers many times um, can't justify home ownership. But The BFS community knows that we work with the Battleship Plan, which is a specially designed whole life insurance policy. And when we have clients that ask us, hey, we've got a mortgage and we've got some some money and we'd like to pay it off or pay it down, what do you recommend? And so we run numbers. We run numbers around, hey, if you were to pay it off directly, this is what you've got versus if you put the money into a policy first, and again, a very specific, specially designed policy, and then pay off the mortgage, would you be better off? And Kristen, I know you're very familiar with these numbers. So why don't you share those numbers with us? Right, absolutely. And I, I think I would add to that too, um, to Teresa, um, that one of the, the biggest myths around mortgages is you should always pay off your mortgage quicker. Um, and I think when we look at these numbers, um, the audience will see that that's not always necessarily true. Um, and there's other ways to really capture the equity inside your house while still creating, you know, other assets that you can use and add to your balance sheet. Um, so with the example that we're looking at today, we're looking at a traditional mortgage. Um, this person bought their home on January 1st, 2010. It's a $400,000 mortgage loan, and the interest rate is 3.75%. Um, their monthly payments are just over $1,800. It's $1,852.46 each month. And if this person were to do nothing but pay their mortgage payments for the next 30 years, they'd be paying in total at $266,886.45 in interest alone. Okay, so let's pause right there, right? They they buy a home, they have a mortgage, and if they pay it off 30 years, it's $266,000. Well, that $266,000 right off the bat, you say, well, of course, you know, you, you got to pay that down faster because look how much money you're going to be saving an interest, right? Um, but why is that not true, right? Forget about the policy for a moment. What makes that not necessarily a good deal if people pay off that home directly or pay off that mortgage directly, I should say? So if interest rates go up and you've got a low interest rate loan, we've got a calculator that shows you are better off putting that money in savings and you're going to earn more in interest than you're paying in interest. And so immediately you're thinking, well, if I have a 4% mortgage, I've got to be earning at least something above 4% to make that math work. And no, you can be earning 2% on your money. And it equals the interest that you'd be paying on a 4% over the life because interest paid is on a declining balance versus interest earned is on an increasing balance. So the compounding on a 2% savings account is working on your behalf 
versus as you're paying down your mortgage, that interest cost is going down. Anything you want to add to that, Kristen? I think that's a great point. And I think when people see those numbers, it just blows your mind because everyone is familiar with the power of compounded interest when it comes to an increasing balance. But when you compare that to something like um, a mortgage, where with today's interest rates, you know, it's the cheapest money that you can borrow. Um, if you compare that to compounded interest inside of a savings account, even earning a smaller amount of interest than with accruing on your loan, you can really see the power of compounded interest in an increasing um, type of account, like a savings account or money market versus, you know, something where you're always paying down that principal, like your mortgage. That's right. Very well said. And we've got some really intelligent, mathematically intelligent clients, right? They're rocket scientists and they're physicists and they're engineers. But compounding interest is one of those things when we show them, they're like, oh, I had no idea, right? And so if you do the math and you want to reach out to us and we can show you the calculator, it's 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 so funny how that works, right? And so our interest rate's going to go up. You know, if you've gotten a mortgage in the last 10 years, your interest rate probably is really, really low. So ask yourself, do I think interest rates are going to go up? Will I be better off putting those extra mortgage payments in my own savings account or paying down my mortgage? And when you pay down your mortgage, you're giving more money to the bank. You're reducing the bank's risk on that loan and increasing your risk as far as um, equity is concerned. And if you lose your job or if you're disabled or something happens, right? Can you call up the bank and say, hey, I've got perfect credit. Can you use some of my equity to pay down my mortgage? No, of course not. But having the money in savings gives you runway. It gives you options that you don't have if you pay down your mortgage. And here at, um, you know, using the, the BFS battleship strategy, we show you if you put those extra payments into a policy, how much more options you've got as far as money is concerned. You've got an insurance policy with death benefit. You've got an insurance policy that also offers you long-term care type of benefits or chronic illness type of benefits, or, you know, if you've got cancer or a heart attack or a stroke, specific type of medical issues, you've got those benefits. You can access the money in the policy, the cash value when you need it. It grows tax favored and a big disclaimer with the tax favored. If you follow certain guidelines, basically it means you can take the money without having to pay taxes on that growth. Uh, what else is available in these policies, Kristen? Yeah, you also have the ability to convert the cash value into a stream of income in retirement. Or pay for college. Or pay for weddings. Absolutely. Or access that money and invest in another real estate property that's actually an investment versus your home or in any other investment, even your own business, right? And one of the really cool features about our policies is that the money continues to work for you, even though you were to borrow it out of your cash value. And we'll cover that in another, in another podcast. Any last words, Kristen? 
Right. So I think um, another thing that you can think of doing with your policy is, you know, even if after hearing all of these myths of mortgages and paying off mortgages sooner, you still really want to pay off your mortgage quicker, you can also use your policy as a way to do just that. Um, and like you mentioned, Teresa, create an asset, a second asset through your policy. So you're saying take the payments you would have made towards your home mortgage, put it in the policy, then turn around and 10 years down the road, let's say, or five years down the road or 15 years down the road, pay the mortgage off. You can always exactly. Do that. So it gives you more options, right? Exactly. It does not take anything off the table. So it's an either, it's not an either or, it's an and. You can accelerate your mortgage payments and still have that money working for you and have access to it. At least you'll have the money to make the decision. Look, if interest rates are twice what they are today, 10 years from now, do you think you really want to pay off your low interest mortgage? Of course not. But you don't have that option today if you do accelerate your payments, right? That option's off the table. Exactly. Well, thank you again for joining us on the Business Finishing School Financial Battleship Strategy Podcast. It's been a pleasure sharing our financial wisdom with you. Um, it's been financial wisdom that we've learned through the School of Hard Knocks and just uh, a lot of experience working with money. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me today. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you, Teresa. And if anyone listening has any questions regarding this concept, or if they'd like to learn more about how you can use your financial battleship policy to pay down your mortgage quicker, um, you can always reach us at 1-800-382-0830. Excellent. That's all for now. Thank you again for joining us on Business Finishing School Financial Podcast. 